Welcome back to Cosmic Brilliance for part two titled How the Sourced Versed Universe is Different Than the Free Will Experimental Universe We Live in Now. I'm very excited to have my guest back again, a dragon elf hybrid super soldier named Apollomy Mendelian. I hope you have all listened to part one because we don't have time to repeat. There were so much amazing things in there. And my podcasts are available for your convenience. Today is a special treat because Apollomy will provide factual details that I literally have not found with anyone else or in any other book in the 43 years I've been researching. These details are important and definitely pertain to all of us here on Earth. This show focuses on what has been referred to as the Earth's Grand Experiment. Many of you have probably heard the Grand Experiment term. In other words, the overall game plan that we humans have been living in, but have not remembered the what, why, how, or who we really are, and why we are here on Earth. May this show provide for you an eagle's eye, wide perspective and overview in accessing a deeper knowledge base, which hopefully will encourage all of us to reprioritize the importance of our soul's evolutionary consciousness, no matter how ephemeral that concept may seem. Welcome back, Apollomy. I can't tell you how much your name delights me. I teach you about it all the time. It's so much fun. Thank you for having me on again. Sure. So as usual, we're going to jump right in. And with the first question, why do we forget who we are, our past lives, and why are we incarnated here? Now, through my research, I understand that not knowing the answers to these questions has something to do with the veil of forgetfulness and also that we are living in a matrix. So I'm going to have you address those two terms. First of all, describe what the matrix is and why it was installed here. So the matrix is a complicated terminology because there's more than one. (laughs) There is the matrix that a lot of ET factions have put up Um, But the main matrix is actually from the creator council who started the Earth Seed Project. And it is programmed to do certain things. And memory wipe of our past lives is one of them. And this is because for various experimental reasons, but also it's... Sometimes you can't evolve if you know where you've been, and it gives the soul a chance to have a very blank start on figuring out who it is, like what they are, and basically to mainly focus on the bodies that they're in right now versus, you know, most of the like ascension process. So that is both the matrix and the veil of forgetfulness. Uh, yes. Describing. Yeah. Okay. So was the veil of forgetfulness, uh, because this is considered an experimental universe. I hope all of you watched part one because Apollomy is, uh, from the original source universe called Tanova. And we will be talking about that in this entire show. And 
our universe, even though it's a little uncomfortable with the word experimental, doesn't mean we're experimented on. It means we agreed to play a whole new game reality for a variety of reasons, which you will also explain. Was the veil of forgetfulness and the matrix, was that part of the very beginning of this grand experiment or do things get tweaked and torqued as we go along as far as i know the main programming and the main agenda is still up and active from the beginning of the fifth era of man every era has their own experimental agendas the fourth era has ended the fifth era is here and for experimentation, for being a seed planet, and that veil, or not veil, that matrix programming is still there. There are other matrixes from other ET groups, and some of them, well, they don't really communicate with each other sometimes, and it just kind of bumps heads and can mix things up a lot. So, But the one I'm talking about is literally from the council itself who decided to seed this planet with their experimentations. So, a.k.a. Fifth Era of Man. Great. That is fascinating. Thank you so much. Now, this is supposed to be a blind experiment, as you said, which, of course, creates major challenges and is an interesting idea. So... First, you said, if we remember our past lives, we can't always ascend. So I don't understand that. Tell me about that. It's kind of like if you, okay, if you had the matrix removed, you may or may not remember all of your astral body or your soul's past life experiences, all that wisdom and knowledge would come flowing into this body eventually. And you would live your life out through the identity of your astral body's identity and not your physical body's identity. They're two different ones. The ascension process starts to merge your astral body to your physical and your astral body will take over your identity of your physical body. They don't want this because of the way that their experimentation is. The fifth era of man is a brand new genetic anomaly that they had created that houses more than one type of species of souls. This allows multiple species that have never been able to reincarnate into a humanoid form or a human form to be able to do so and have a different experience. Their other agenda is because the fourth era of man had such a diverse reaction to having their ET creators there, and a lot of it caused a lot of war. Everyone knows about the Great Flood um, and a lot of that um, history. (laughs) They did not want to repeat and so of that of those events. So they made it to where all of the creator deities, aka ET starseed parents, the creators, they were not allowed to come and live among us. They were not allowed to interact with us except for very certain circumstances. And so they took that away. Um, you know, so there's that, and then the memory wiping, and all we have to know about that is 
verbal tales and our history books because by Starseed Council law, the one from Source, every seed planet has to know about the um, evaluation and uh, ascension of one's mind, body, and spirit to become part of the galactical community. Wow. <clears throat> so, oh, this is fascinating. Okay, so the experimental intent of this grand experiment, you said, was to not have your galactic parents and extended family interfering for good or bad or their own agendas, mm-hmm. to only follow teachings that were available to you however we know that most of that information has been removed so that even makes it tougher right yeah (laughs) because you're not getting real historical information at all right and they don't they don't want you to okay so they don't want in this experiment you were saying for your astral for you to have astral feedback and knowledge merge with your physical? Did I get that right? Okay. And you might, for those, I think most people that watch my shows are very informed, but for the beginners, you might just quickly uh, describe that there's a physical body and an astral body just quickly so they'll know what that means. Okay. So you have your physical body on this plane. And it has a thread attachment to your astral body. Most people would consider this a soul. Your astral body is like it's reincarnated, has different past lives, all this other stuff. And then it actually moves down into consciousness to your higher self. Most people would consider this like the one closest to source, but there's actually one further past that that is the closest to source. So technically you have like four. The ones closest to source can only intervene in certain ways. And your astral body is your closest one that has any ability to manipulate any sort of physics in in this universe. Any universe. It doesn't matter which universe you are in. So it can get guidance and knowledge from your higher self. But your higher self can't just materialize things for you. It has to be your astral body. And where does the oversoul fit into this? The concept of the oversoul. The oversoul would be the one that is the closest to source. It is not within source itself because then you wouldn't have an identity. You would be hive mind basically. So it's the one that is closest to source. That's what I thought. I thought that was the oversoul. Now the, are the other bodies that you're mentioning, but people don't need to focus on right now Were those ones referred to as the mental body, the causal body, all those or something else? I'm unfamiliar with those terms. Okay. Okay. But I've never heard it said like this. This is fascinating. So does the astral body also relay the connection and energy direct from source? Is that the strongest energetic body you have, right? That kind of is interconnected to the physical body, but it relays the energy and information directly into the physical body. It can, if you are connected enough. 
the astral body and the physical body do have a slight connection. It is the the cord that runs off of you, the silver cord that most people see. And some people are so disconnected from their astral body that they just don't have any sort of backfeed from it. There's no knowledge coming through. They completely tune it out. And, you know, a lot of these people feel lost. They don't know what to do with their lives. You know, they're just living isolated in this experiment, basically, without their, and their astral bodies is either there for the ride or they're like, well, I'm tethered to you, but I'm going to go this way for a few hours because I'm bored, you know, because there's no, there's no communication connection. And that's kind of the experiment that the creators of the seed planet wanted because they they wanted you know souls to be able to be born in here and then all that memory still is there when you physically die and it's getting it gets transported into your astral memory banks basically and then it can travel up now the astral body can decide to take those memories and throw them out if they want to this is why you're not going to remember every single day of every single hour of multiple past lives You know, it's usually just like the important events. Wow. So each body is finer, uh, vibrate, vibrates higher Mm -hmm. in general. And you could say is more, um, has more access to the whole viewpoint. So you're saying that the, the experiment was the word that comes to me is a new slate is to give us a blank slate when we're, born yeah with no and no feedback loops at all yeah they didn't really want a whole lot of feedback because they wanted to see how these bodies were going to run um of course the ascension process kind of throws a little loop in their plans for that because every seed planet <laughs> every seed planet has to have ascension in order for those species to be able to be accepted into the galactic community and it's not just because of rules, all right? It's and, and knowing mannerisms on how to deal with other species that are not yourselves. Most seed planets are not just of one species. And this is why it freaks me out to be here so much because I'm swimming in a sea of people who look the same until my astral sight comes on or until I meet another hybrid because I'm like, oh, I smell the pheromones. You're not human. Um yeah. But to look all the same is very strange to me. If these create the star councils and the creators and which I'm sure includes a lot of us decided to that this would be an interesting new experience, why did they not know about ascension? The creators? Well, what the ones that put the rules on this game. Oh, they know about it. Oh, okay. I thought you said that Ascension puts a, a kind of a, a blip in there. Oh, it, it does, but they know about the Ascension. Oh, okay. Okay. So the point is we're supposed to gradually ascend. Yeah. Like right. you have the choice of ascending or not ascending. It's a choice because that's just part of evolution. Some people just aren't ready. You know, they, they want to live in a third dimensional or fourth dimensional existence. And there's no right or wrong reason to that. Everyone's like, Oh, third and fourth dimension. It's so primal and evil. No, that's you guys are completely um, misunderstanding. 
you can live in those dimensions and still have good and still have neutral and still have bad. All the dimensions have that, you know, everyone's so love and light about everything about the higher dimensions, you know, sixth, seventh and eighth, not having any war fighting. The Octurians are actually higher dimensional beings and they still have war and fighting. You know, it's just, it doesn't make them lower in dimensions. It's just that their fighting is different. You know, they understand the ebb and flow of things. So, you know, well, yes, sometimes the lower dimensions are more primal. That doesn't mean the actions aren't going to exist on other planes. Wow. Fascinating. So what was their intent of this game? What was the hope for result? Their intent. Now you have to understand, I'm only giving you the basics of what this experiment is, not what it has become. Yeah. Okay. Well, well the starting, the starting mm-hmm. ideas, right. And then what right. it become. Okay. Right. Their, their intention was to create a body that multiple species can come into and live a life throughout multiple, you know, generations. But if you don't remember what species you are, there can be no hate amongst, you know, species. You you can't have that differences. So you can, obviously, but, you know, that was their intention. Their intention was to give them an opportunity to be born into a species they've never been in and experience life through that body. So your intentions wasn't actually so bad to begin with. Um, I'm up for that because it would create peace, right? Once you experience all these different species yourself, you're mm -hmm. integrating them. You've walked in their shoes and the whole thing is, is how to integrate multiple different diversity. Right. So that makes sense. That's actually okay. So, uh, so you're saying most, it was an experiment, but most of their reasons were for the benefit of all. Right. You have all these species who have been fighting and now they can share a single body uh, or body species type and interact with each other. But if they have no memories of actually who they were, then they can't really have old grudges against each other. Now, when they when these bodies die, that it's going to go into the astral body and they're like, whatever their encounters were is what they'll have to take from it. But I mean, this experiment with decent intentions got hijacked very quickly throughout the, the galactical timeline. So unfortunately, it was also not as monitored as it should have been. And with the galactical fighting in the universe, especially in these quadrants, um, things just got really out of hand, unfortunately. And uh, yes, and and people who have studied galactic history and watched some of my shows and others have learned about the different wars and the infiltration that happened and the different agendas and people fighting for Earth, Earth territory and all that. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So, go ahead. And with not a lot, of, like this is an experimental planet, so... There are rules and laws and regulations, but they were being broken. Uh, we have ETs who are influencing this planet that have no authorization to be here. 
you know, they have no authorization to actually code the matrix of any matrix of this point to be done. And that that has been done. Unfortunately, there's many, many matrices out there. And I've met people who are like, I'm going to take down the matrix. And I'm like, good luck taking the one down from source. But the other ones you can do what you want with, you know. Yeah, because lately, well, in the last year or something, um, different things on the internet, um, different emissaries and said we were able to take down the false matrix, but which might help, but you're saying they just put up another matrix or there's multiple matrices. And are you allowed to say the species that did go against the rules? There are multiple species who have gone against the rules, both on the light and dark side. Again, it's an experimental planet. And some of these guys and who are on the council for the creator council who decided to make the fifth era of man and be part of that council who governs the experiment of earth. This is not the high councils. This is not the galactic councils. This is not the universal councils. This is just this, what, what I call the seed council. The seed council is the ones I work for who are from Hanova. <laughs> Australian councils. <laughs> yes. Tons. Yeah. Okay. So what well, we'll just call that we'll just call them the the Earth Creator Council. There we go. So the thought that arises to me is some of these uh creator councils um realized that they didn't do enough um overseeing or overwatching. And so did a lot of them end up reincarnating now to try and fix it? That I have no information on. I do know that a lot of things started shifting in 2016 when the Immortal Seven came into this universe and did a huge, they're still under investigation and doing a huge evaluation because a lot of people messed up (laughs) and not just on this planet, but in the universe in general. That is a really, we are going to get to the mortal seven because that's a really important topic. Um, But I also wanted you to use the term seed planets. And I want you to just quickly describe what that is for people. A seed planet is a planetoid that is authorized by the universal councils, usually, or the galactic councils that they decide to run experiments on. There are rules that they are supposed to follow with the Star Seed Council, the ones I work for, who are from Source, from Hanova, and they have specific rules that they tell these people. Now, they can run any experiment that they want. It doesn't matter if it's bad or good, because this universe is a free will universe. So it's up to the councils to decide what they want to run. Now, the planetary creator council of this planet consists of 22 some of them are neutral some of them most people would consider bad aligned and some of them would be considered good aligned et politics are way different than the ones down here on this planet you can have everyone jumping down each other's throat but when it comes to councils and things like that they usually send people who are a little bit more neutral in even if their intentions are bad So there's a lot of protocols that have to be followed. Because you want different species represented and stuff to be fair. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so that's a great explanation of a seed planet. Now, we are also referred to as a hub planet. Isn't that true? Mm, I don't really know about the hub planet of Earth being one. Most hub planets are usually after a wipe of a seed planet. Uh, A lot of the people who have had their ascension for different tiers of ascension will usually go to hub planets. So with Earth being a prison planet and an experimental seed planet, um, I guess people could put themselves down here for the, the hub. When I mean put themselves down here, I mean like you would be assessed, you would be assigned, and then you would be put down here. I know a lot of ETs come here for vacations sometimes. I don't know why, but... Well, it's so beautiful. We still have lots of land that they can, you know, yeah. Uh, during Halloween, they just walk the streets. <laughs> Speaking of, a couple weeks ago. Right? If I could just take my suit off and walk around, yeah, everyone would be like, oh my gosh, you sure? They're going to go, awesome outfit. <laughs> They'd be like, it's so cool. I'm like, it's all electronics. <laughs> it's all cybernetics. Yes. And people, that was explained on part one. So you'll have to catch up to speed with that. All right. So... Uh, Earth, of course, this was very hard for me to accept, but eventually made sense when I first heard that Earth is a prison planet and an enslaved planet. And at what point did that really start occurring? So the prison planets apply to just about every seed planet. It really depends on the creators of the planetary uh, creator councils. If they want People who have done wrong that are being judged by source, who are being uh, punished by any of the councils of that universe, they can put you on a prison planet, which usually is a, a seed planet. And this is so that those people can have the ability to not have their soul imprisoned, but have the ability to possibly fix their karma by having experiences and see how they adjust to, you know, you've done wrong. Don't do this again. We're going to give you another chance on this planet and see how you adjust to see if you've learned your lesson or not. And if you don't, well, you're on a seed planet and, you know, eventually things, karma is going to catch up to you. So that's fascinating. I'm just loving how you're explaining this. So a seed planet could also be called a rehab planet. If you if you want to call it that. Sounds a little better than prison. <laughs> I'm always well, the, the thing is, is operating that a little bit. <laughs> the, the, the thing about prison planets instead of rehab is that you will get reincarnated on that planet continuously until your sentencing is up. Like like my circumstance, for example. So my, my sentence is complete. Therefore, if after I die, I can either body jump and I don't have to stay here on this planet or I can reincarnate in somewhere else when I choose to. Fascinating. And that was also discussed on part one. So we can't repeat. (laughs) Okay. Fascinating. All right. Uh, now, is any planet that has money taxation, is that considered automatically a prison planet? No, 
No, money still exists out in space. It's it's just a huge form of what we call like you can call it space credits if you really want to. It's just yeah. universal currency because carrying a hundred pieces of iron or stone is absolutely ridiculous. And you are backed by the material that you possess that you want to trade. So say that you have some sort of farm or something like that on a planet, you bring it over, sell it to whomever wants it. And either you can trade it for knowledge, you can trade it for other items of equal value that the person's willing to trade for. So the bartering system, or you can trade it for universal credits. And those universal credits, as long as you are in a civilized area of the universe, you just, you know, tap, swipe, whatever you want to do. And then you have purchased something or, you know, receiving money from somebody as well. So all three systems are still available. Okay. Um, Kind of like the old barter too, probably works now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bartering is still a, a thing over there as well. Um, but so it doesn't make it a prison planet or a slave planet by any means. The ownership concept and the overtaxing and the usury and I mean, the games behind it, but yeah, is part of the temptation of people who are motivated by greed, I guess. Well, taxing is, it depends on the society that you live in. There are still taxing in some areas, but it's more of, you know, um, say you have a business and you give 10% to the kingdom uh, councils that you live in, you know, that, that 10% is basically that you give them is to, you know, help them with anything that they might have, any, you know, say you went to war or anything like that, or a planet explodes, the sun explodes, who's going to pay for new housing? They take that money from that everyone's basically contributed to. And now they can spend that lump sum making shelter, you know, getting the resources they need to help their people. Not everyone does this, just like a lot of the neutral to uh, good aligned kingdoms. Interesting. Okay. All the way up to what density and then money becomes a moot point, right? When you can create stuff. Well, creating things isn't always easy for every species. (laughs) So again, that, that depends on where your consciousness was created because not every consciousness can ascend to higher densities easily. Mm -hmm. Well, they talk about that uh, true with draconians. Is that uh, true? I mean, I know that uh, they get stereotyped, but um, there w- there's been much talk that they can't ascend very easily past a certain level if they don't change their consciousness. And you, you <laughs> is that BS? Uh, so people have to realize that their draconian is actually an umbrella term. Any dragon, dragon kin of any type is actually considered a draconian. And there are natural born draconians on just about every plane of existence. We are one of the species of source itself. Yes. Along with several other species, it's not just dragons. But so it depends on their consciousness level of creation. 
the draconians, even the the dark draconians, who are like the white ones, the alpha draconians, they come from a universe that's actually higher than this one in frequency. And most people don't know that. <laughs> wow. But there are a lot of draconians who were naturally developed and born in this universe that aren't even related to the alpha draconians. And yeah. You know, there's a lot of interbreeding and intermixing. So it depends on, you know, your physical body, your physical form, obviously, because that's a huge part of ascension. Um, and it, it, you have to work at it. Every species in existence has to work at it. It's just because you're born in a higher, you know, existence doesn't mean you're going to understand the lower ones either. And that was a huge problem for me coming from Hanova, which is source and coming down to, well, this is a pretty low universe density. It's, it's like taking the ability to see color away and then being deaf at the same time, you can only interact with so much physics down here and I'm used to so much more. So Yes, really damp down. You can't hear the sound of your soul anymore. Alex it's, Collier said, yeah. It's it's very, very difficult. Now, sea planets. So they have rotation cycles, right? And they're set in a timeline. And that timeline is for species and animals and plants, I imagine, to evolve without much detriment in a way like explain rotation cycles, seed planet timing projects like seed star seed well seed planet projects and resets like how that all works in an organized plan Uh, i think the better terminology would be time frame instead of timeline some people might think that we're jumping timelines and that's not that's not uh we are jumping timelines a lot but uh for the time frame that that you're asking about the type of time frame is dependent upon the council or the planetary councils uh creator councils and because time is only relevant to the item that you're talking about uh, every planet, every moon, every planetoid will have a different time set. Usually it's like 1,900 years to like 2,000 years. So not that long. No, like it's it's usually enough to get an evolutionary state going on, uh, but usually not enough to detriment an entire planet unless things get really bad. Unfortunately, this planet's health is really bad. <laughs> it like this planet's experiment should have stopped in 2000 when things were starting to decline for the planet's health. But not every planet has a soul either, and that's usually why we're so worried about the planet's health because it is very detrimental and traumatic to the soul of a planet if if it has one. Yeah, and ours does, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, very much so. Wow, she's a lot more patient than I am, that's for sure. <laughs> it's like, I imagine. Well, you- they're a little stuck, too. They don't get to leave or, you know, they they can't really die or leave until the experiment's done and over with. 
Okay, so this is so interesting. So the projects are reset every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that there is evolution happening and consciousness raising without the kids smacking each other over the head and destroying the environment. Right? Okay, so when that thousand years is over, is that when something called a reset or wipe happens? What will happen is usually the star seed council that is from source will send out a team of people. Usually the first one will come down and they will evaluate the planet for several years, usually around four or five years, and then get a very good understanding of the evolution conscious of the planet, the evolution conscious of the the entities that are living on that planet, the, you know, consciousness as a full of the environment and its animals. And then we go on to, you know, um, how is the planet health doing? There's just a lot of evaluation that has to go on. And then they report back to the Starseed Council of their findings. The other team goes down as well. Um, and then they they come up and do their findings if it's not that good. <laughs> if the first evaluation is like they're not meeting dysphoria, um, we have to evaluate this more. The other four will come down, evaluate as well, come back up report. And then if things just still don't look good, you either have dysphoria or you have individual. Dysphoria is what happens when you have a hundred percent of everything thriving. The ascension is, is working. The animals, the plants, the elements, you know, uh, the societies, they're all at a higher level of consciousness. And it doesn't have to be entirely seventh level you know it it could be just a couple ones up from what what they originally started as as long as they are at peace as long as they understand the balance that's the most important thing um of life and death and nature and you know what war and what peace brings for neutrality and that they're not going to be a virus upon the universe then they can have dysphoria where everything ascends. And at that point, the planet creator council could be like, okay, we're not doing any more seed planets. The soul of this planet is healthy. It's happy. We're going to take this planet off the market and this planet will join the galactical community. So cool. Okay. So, um, are you, what, are you one of those, uh, you may or may not be able to say, but um, one of those of the team that have come down here, checked mm-hmm. it out for four years and reported because I sense you are. Okay. So <laughs> this is going to be great. What do you report <laughs> when you go back up there? I basically report the ascension of the planet as a whole. Yes. Uh, what tier they are. Um, what the tier planet- consciousness? Tier and consciousness, correct. How many tiers are there? There's quite a bit, but we're usually for this planet, we're aiming for seven. Okay. And we're at 
as a planet, it's more like 3.5 to 4 still. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not. So, you so report on that, and what else do you report? Uh, I report on the planet's consciousness and how much it's raised since the project began. And what is and, the results of that? For, huh? What's the results of that for Gaia? Gaia's consciousness has raised into the fifth dimension. That's what I thought. Okay. Humans, on the other hand, not so much yet. There are some that have are, are starting to catch up and raise. Um, and the, the tiers are not dimensions. Okay. The tiers are, are just set things that are conscious evolutionary states, like puberty, basically, that you have to go through in order to meet the seventh tier. So, but everyone knows that if your planet has a higher consciousness, the, the beings and entities and the, the plants and animals will try to follow suit. It's easier. It's not as painful. It's not as suffocating, you know? So, um, okay. So you report that and, uh, (laughs) all right. And so you're supposed to report that completely unbiasedly. Unbiasedly. You've also been down here experiencing what you're experiencing with all the emotions and everything it, it takes to be a human here. And how my question is, how much do they actually understand what it's like to be a human here? Very little. Talk about that. They live their lives in outer space. They they don't interact down here very often. They observe, but observing and interacting are two different things. It's like learning a language from a book that you found in the library and actually being immersed in the culture is huge difference. The thing about me is that I have the ability to completely make myself unbiased. doesn't matter how bad my uh, interactions have been or good. I don't look at those. I look at the hard, cold facts. I analyze everything. That's why I have the job that I have. Traditionally, though, humans are known to be very emotional, aren't they? They are one of the more emotional creatures, yes, especially of Earth. They're, you either have those who are of logic, those who are of emotion, and then those who are in between. We like the ones who are in between. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Octarians are very logical. They might seem cold to some people, same with some of the Syrians, but especially the ones in the Andromeda Council or councils and Andromeda themselves. Because Syrians and Octarians are all over the place. But they do have compassion. It's just not a emotion that they overwhelm themselves and become themselves with. You know, you can still be very logical and have um, and, and have your emotions in check and still be very loving and kind, you know, kind. It, it, it's very hard to explain, like... No, I get it. I get it. Do they, um, what is their criteria for consciousness? Is that one of them? Like raising consciousness is that you are able to not be in reactivity, but have your feelings and come to balance with it? Like, Yeah. So there's different stages of ascension. And the more you go up, the more you become less agitated, the more you become understanding, you're not triggered as much, you know, you're just like, I understand your point of view and it is completely different from the one that I have. And I still feel like it's morally wrong, 
but you can sit there and not get worked up. Your blood pressure doesn't go up. Nothing like you're just like, I understand. I just don't agree with it. And it's okay not to agree with it, you know, cause it's part of who you are, but you don't make a big fuss about it. Like, and, and it's weird because the higher you go into the ascension, even things that are morally wrong to your core, you start to understand the universal picture of it, of like evil has to exist in the, in, in certain parts of the universe or nothing changes. You won't have the same morals that you have because you've never experienced it to have them in the first place. Here's the question I did a whole show on a long time ago. The experiment, and you tell me what you think of this, is how much negativity, i.e. challenges, is necessary to ensure soul growth without it being abusive. And I feel like our game is partially to discover that. What, and it will t- vary being by being, because even though we're all from source, like everyone from Hanova came from source, but we all have very different attitudes. We have all very different ways of interacting with life and seeing things. It's not like we're clones of source itself. But, okay, so here's, and I don't know if Hanova, I imagine, has every diversity on the planet and you can't stereotype it, which you'll talk about in a couple minutes. But um, without making this seem too exaggerated or polarized, if you have automatic heaven and automatic things cruising and 98% positive or 99% positive, The question arises, is are people challenged for greater soul growth? Yes, because. Okay, good, 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 good. Think think about it this way. If you were happy all the time, everything's going great. And then all of a sudden, like you, you will only exist in that frequency. You'll only exist in, in doing whatever it is that you're doing. It's kind of like a child growing up. A child always wants what's best for it. A child always wants happiness. And then the minute that you throw a monkey wrench in there, they don't know how to react. You know, they don't know how to deal with that circumstance. And that's kind of like how living in Hanova really is, you know, because you, nothing bad ever happens there unless you actually find, sign a contract to will it. Like your, your friends, like I, before I joined the military and everything, you know, like there was plenty of people in our species who died from the battlefield to get reincarnated and everything. That was the only tragic thing that ever happened. But we're taught that death is not something to be mourned over. Right. It's a new transformation. You won't be able to interact the same way ever again with a, with a form that you were, but we know that their consciousness lives on. And so we have a very weird thing about that that's true. um yeah. yeah so that might be the worst thing or you might accidentally stub your toe <laughs> that's what i was thinking so so in the hanover universe um hanover universe it'd be like stubbing your toe might be the thing that goes oh what do i need to pay attention to okay blah 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 right. whereas on, on earth you got to break your leg get in a car crash <laughs> Like whatever, right? Bam, 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 kind of weird stuff. And of course, the difference, which you'll talk about uh, in a couple of minutes, is having a planet of free will and having a planet 
not so much free will or having right. the universe, right? So, um, so the creation of this beta experimental universe, who created this grand experiment and uh, for is the focus for the universe or is it for planet by planet or both or how does that work? So there are different councils of creation. The immortal seven are the ones who created, well, technically source created Hanova and then created the immortal seven. (laughs) Define what you mean by source. Source is basically what you would consider the omni consciousness. It is like the main creator of all of the multiverse. It is that consciousness, that energy that flows through everything. It can go past that, but most people's brains would explode. Um, Cause this is try a little bit, try a little, go for it. So you have, you have source itself and then source decided to basically make the immortal seven. The immortal seven are avatars of source. They there's males, there's females, um, but they work together. They work in a balance, but they all have different personalities. They are not clones. They are not the same. And they each represent an element. You have uh, basically energy. You have void. You have um, light, gravity, fire, earth wind and water, which basically goes to liquid gas, matter and uh, fire because fire is its own element versus light. So yes, technically there's eight, but light and gravity kind of, they're like twins. (laughs) Seven and a half. (laughs) Yeah, seven and a half. So they're kind of, they're kind of like twins and there's technically a full of nine if you really want to get too technical with it, but they are avatars and they help manage and, you know, everything in the multiverse your afterlives you know um every every other creation and they are what we call second creators even though that they're like ones of source but source is like everything together and then you have tier of creators that go down in tier the down in tier just means that um they have not have all the knowledge, experience. They haven't proven themselves to be higher tier creators. And our Yahweh is actually in those tiers. So he's actually in one of the Hanovian. One of the immortal sevens. He's not in the immortal sevens. He's in a couple tiers down from that. Okay. So are there any names we would recognize? Probably not. Well, Yahweh, Yahweh we would recognize. Yeah, like my my creator um, is in the same tier as him. And then Tiamat is actually below that because Tiamat's freaking everywhere. Um, She's so, the multi-headed dragon deity that the draconians mm-hmm. uh, honor, correct? She's not, she's not as bad as people make her out okay. to be. And she has several avatars throughout the universe too. So she's had interactions in this one and several of them out there. And all of them have different interactions. It's like kind of taking a clone of you and putting you in a different environment and things happen. So yeah. you can't judge just one avatar from the other. It's, it's, it gets complicated. Now, now you said... Uh, with the seven immortals, hold on, because this is so fascinating. We're not going to hear this from anyone else. <laughs> the seven immortals all 
operate by an element specialty in a certain way or a quality. Right. So as you go down the tiers, like does Tiamat, uh, does she operate with a certain element or is, as you go down the tiers, is the whole thing to take everything in, in balance and operate with all elements? The funny thing about dragons, <laughs> a lot of them is that a lot of them are made from Tiamat herself and she actually has seven heads. Most people oh. can't see the other two. Oh. So she actually has all the seven elements. Oh, there you go. No wonder I asked that question. Okay. Yes. Wonderful. All right. So, so any other ones that have ever been spoken of in mythology or ancient texts or anything like that, that, you know, that we would recognize? As far as I know, none of those ones are in Hanova. But again, I don't know everything. So like, yes. oh, I know it's, it's oh my goodness. <laughs> But those are the ones that I have interacted with and have actually gotten information going back to Hanova because I can go back. I just can't stay there. Yes. Okay. Until this term is up, right? All right. So um, now the experience of source creator, the prime creator, however you want to use it, the universe is a field. Does it come off? I know this sounds childish, but I don't know how to say this with words. Is it an energy field you can tap into all resources or does it almost have a personality of benevolence or care or do you know what I'm saying? Like, is there a, well, I mean, it is a consciousness just like everything else. And that is why it has the duality of both the gold and silver. And it also has the duality of, if you're feeling anger, if you're feeling, um, you know, happy, pride, joy, those are all emotions that are not just tied to humanity. They're tied to just about everything, you know, because they come from source itself. Now there are some things that, you know, source doesn't have the ability to create because it only functions on certain frequencies. So getting to some of the half and quarter frequencies, you know, or not quarter, like fourth frequencies can be a little difficult for it. And that's why you have all these different creations. Yeah. So you'd be surprised on how much in the multiverse doesn't exist in source itself. It's like we're sources imagination basically, and we're creating new things for it. Okay. That's cool. You can't just run that one by. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, I felt like we're feelers. We are sources ourselves. We're like a shard of yes. source and we're feelers and we're activating to explore and all that is and that all gets fed back to the system. But then you just, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please go ahead. I will, I will explain no. certain things after. No, 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 no. So yes, in this universe, we do have some of source creation, but not all. This universe is a beta universe, which means that it has not earned its energy frequency of consciousness to be linked up to the multiverse. Just like a seed planet has to prove that it's not going to be a virus to the rest of the the universe and the galaxies, so too does a universe have to prove itself before getting over. And there is not really going to be a hundred percent positivity, love and light. That's not the way that it works. You can only really find that in Hanova. 
um, especially in the inner parts of Hanova. There, there is no contracts to be signed to even do any damage in the middle part of Hanova. Paradise Isle, forget about it. You can't even think <laughs> about doing something. Like the central sun point. It's like the central. Yeah. yeah. It's prismatic too. It's very pretty. It's very beautiful. Um, you know, so you're not going to get a hundred, a hundred percent, or it might not even, it might be a hundred percent to graduate, but it might not stay that way. And you, a universe that's passed can actually degrade itself back down into lower consciousness and be separated again. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also that whole concept that time doesn't exist except multiple now moments in a certain bizarre way too. Now talk about that. Time time does exist, but it's only relevant to the energy field of what it is associating with. A day for a fly is going to literally, okay, a day for us is going to be like weeks for a fly mm-hmm. because they only have so long to live. They'll and go through a maturity. And a blink for creation. <laughs> Goodness. No? Interesting. Okay, now what is the name of our universe? Anova is the source universe. What's the name of this one? Okay, I'll have to explain this part first. Okay. You have you have Hanova. Okay, you've got the the central sun in the middle, you've got planets that the immortal seven govern. Uh, and then you have like the outer rings that are kind of like their experimental planets. Um, and then you have the multiple thousands upon millions of planetoids around that kind of in rings as well. And then Hanova is actually separated off with basically a lot of physics from the multiverse. Um, there's a lot, there are portals, but you have to do a lot of paperwork to get through them. A person from this universe could not go into Hanova because the consciousness is not the same. Um, and you would be destroyed basically back to source consciousness itself. Your energy would just like flow back into it and you wouldn't exist anymore as an identity. So every immortal seven has their own like multiverse, if you want to think about it, bubble. And each one of them is governed by one of the, the um, immortal seven. And in one of the bubbles, we're in fire's bubble of all things for all, all of his multiverse. And our universe is called um, Nebadon. That's just this universe. Fascinating. Not the bubble that the, of the multiverse of his that we, or of uh, fires that we live in, but just our universe. Because I, I feel like there's so much sacred geometry, but the real geometry that always comes to me is a circle where everything's encompassed, but at the at the center is the most powerful in a certain way, and then the offshoots. So that's kind of what you're describing for me in a way. Yeah. Versus just a pyramid structure or something like that, you know, different different things. If you, well, want, if you want to think about all of it, like in a sphere, within a sphere, within a sphere. Yeah. Yeah. Like micro macro, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The same rules apply. Okay. So now share with people how Hanova is not really the name because we can't duplicate the name. And what would it sound like? What, what does it sound like? I mean, not either, but, but if it, if we could hear it, it would sound like a combo of what? 
when I started getting my memories of Hanova, I I got it pronounced as Anuva. And it's oh. so I, I was like, oh, okay. And there was a specific planet that light has that I remember going to, and I absolutely loved it. And I thought that was Anuva, or at least that's what it was called, because it was just starting to get all my memories back. Well, I ended up running into another person online who knows about Hanova and I was talking about it and talking about it and describing to them, you know, everything. I was talking about the immortal seven. I was talking about, you know, uh, my, my species in the, in the home and all those places that I've been to in Hanova and like the Elven Academy over there. And they turned around and looked at me and they're like, do you mean Hanova? And I'm like, is that what they're calling it here? Oh my God. I was like, why are they calling it Hanova? That makes no sense. Now I say Anuva because that's the closest thing that I can pronounce in a English language. The actual language is actually a bunch of pitches and tonals that sound like they're sung. So there's no actual way to fully pronunciate anything, especially with American being a broken harmonic language. So yeah. Um, but I'm glad that I translated it enough. And I gave them all the, the correct detail about like what I'm sharing with you guys. And he's just like, are, are you talking about Hanova? And I'm like, why are they calling it Hanova? That's kind of weird. Okay. But whatever. <laughs> but what's interesting is our Hunova. Well, it's interesting as we're the Nova though too, which means um, new and other things. Okay. So I remember, I think I heard you say, even though I'm sure it's inadequate because it's impossible to describe. You said, think of a birds chirping mm-hmm. with flute or harp playing in the background. Was yeah, it was like a, with like a harp playing in the background. Um, that's like close enough to my species for the celestial elf dragons. Our, our species has more of like, uh, would be a bird. It's like a higher pitch melodical bird chirping um, for like the tones that come out with like kind of harp music playing. And I don't mean harps with the weird strings that are like nylon. I'm talking about the traditional harps where they're either made out of crystal or for the strings. They're either made out of crystal or they're made out of the gold, silver, and brass. Ah. Almost like the ancient uh, Tibetan bowls are, where they have a combination mm-hmm. of really unique. Yeah. Wow. Because, of course, sound creates matter and shifts matter. So there you yes. go. <laughs> ah. Whoa, that's so cool. Okay. <laughs> so um, go ahead and uh, describe. Let's see. What do we have you describe next? How about. How big is the source universe compared to our beta universe? So people get a sense of that. If you threw a grain of sand into our universe and measured it, that's pretty much what it would be like. It is ginormous. So that means there's multiple universes. And are each one of these universes, I call it games or creations of a different creator or creator team. Okay. Again, in Hanova, you have the Immortal Seven, and then you have creator tiers under them. The Immortal Seven end up teaching these uh, creators, like, 
well, I guess most people call it like the book of life. They, uh, they learn a whole bunch of stuff that I, I'm not allowed to talk about, um, in order to actually become creators. And this test is also given to entities who are trying to get to a higher status of creation. So the immortal seven created seven points of the multiverse. And within those, like, say that you were under tutelage and you're like, Hey, I, I really want to try my, my testing grounds out for, you know, being a creator. You have to do a lot of work to show that you're ready. You have to do a lot of paperwork. And so does anyone else on your team that you want to bring in as a counsel for a creator counsel. And then if you are granted that they give you a certain item, um, And then they will make a beta universe for you to where you can actually uh, do your experiments in. And if it fruits to to libation of a flower that can join the rest of the multiverse, awesome. If not, then it has to be called. Those are the rules. Called means called back and disintegrated back into Mm. nothing. Yeah, usually they'll take like stuff that they find has worked. And then sometimes they'll put that in other universes that they'll find adaptable for it or that they want to run again. Um, so, and that, that goes into a theory of uh, parallel time jumping. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. So everyone knows that there's time jumping. And sometimes in certain parallel universes, like you could be born into a male body, you could be born as a cat. You know, um, if that timeline collapsed and they actually find that stuff has worked there, if the timelines are being governed by the right people who are of source, not any of the other ones, um, cause usually these creator councils are watched by source. So they will take that specific thing and put it into another timeline. So you could jump from one parallel universe as you are. And be put into another one and you're, you'll have all of the memories of that person, even though it's not yours, like your consciousness from that one, like they'll merge together and then you're just going to be like, okay, well, I, that was a weird dream. Or like, you'll start talking about something in your timeline that didn't actually happen in others. And then you'll have this weird sensation in your brain, like what's going on. That makes sense where there's just a slight glitch. Maybe mm-hmm. a deja vu or something like that. But is it like time, if timelines are collapsing into one, also how you can continue on? So timelines do not collapse into each other. They can only branch off from each other. You oh. you want, like, if two timelines end up colliding, they usually collapse. Now, you can get it to the point where they're very close to each other and some things might start crossing over. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's also very dangerous. So normally if a timeline is about to collapse, they'll move the things that they want out of that timeline to a, a very close parallel timeline to continue on with that experiment, that research, or even a person's consciousness who needs to reach certain evolutionary states before they actually take them to another timeline that they're going to be needed in. So cool. And, and, does this involve the seven, which are actually, you're telling me nine immortals though. Four of the immortal seven kind of are twinsies. 
I'm not going to say which ones. So most of the time they don't count them, but there is actually nine. Take us to Hanova, to where you live, describe what it's like, uh, you know, the abodes, the habitats. If you don't, you said you basically kind of live in space pretty much. So just, just describe as much as you can detail. So the, the place that I grew up at, we had really open, like buttress buildings and it kind of reminded me a lot of Greek, um, very wide open spaces. I couldn't really tell you how tall they were. The only thing I have to, to guide that is my celestial species here, uh, or the chacrow. Um, but you know, there it's, it's a lot this, like the white material, I couldn't even call it brick because there's no seams. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. absolutely no seams and it glitters a little bit. It's really shiny. Um, we have gold, we have silver, we have all sorts of materials. I remember, and I lived in a pretty big place. Like it was at least six, seven rooms with large, like, uh, furniture, fully furniture. And uh, like, I wouldn't even really say too much of a kitchen because food over there is very interesting. Um, you don't have to necessarily eat. We do have food, but I'll get to that in a minute. So, and we have, Our city basically, sorry, I'm trying to like keep track of everything. All right. Our city floats in a a nebula basically on disks and the disks can be like attached to each other to expand out everything. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, these are huge disks because they have like our citadel on it for where our creator lives because I lived in the same place that she did. So there's huge Citadel. That's also where the military academy is because she keeps a really close eye on that. Uh, We have, even though you're floating on these huge discs, there's floral and fauna. I remember a tree that looked very closely to a willow tree, except for the trunk was white. Um, And when it flared out for the uh, branches that were all like tenderly, the leaves on them glue a really pretty pearlescent bioluminescent um, white and blue. We have like a whole bunch of flowers. Like a lot of the flowers look like crystalline. Um, Like our grass was still kind of green, which I thought was really odd now that I look back on it. But when I went out to the military and we started getting transported to other areas, you know, okay. So we have technology. We have really advanced technology. We're talking humans, worst nightmare technology because it links to your brain. It's fully AI. Uh, the consciousness of these AI though, are that of the golden spiral. So it can do no harm to others. It cannot do any harm. It is pretty much like consciousness of another being just in a computer. And to actually destroy any of that, to destroy that consciousness is a rule against Tanova. You will be executed. You know, so I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, you guys don't know what you're tampering with, but, um, 
Oh, yeah. So we, we have we have spaceships to travel in this vast amount of area. Teleportation is against the law. You are not allowed to teleport in Hanova because it breaks the physics that uh, the Immortal Seven does not want people to mess with. Uh-huh. So no teleportation. We have really advanced spaceships. Um, we have really advanced medical labs. We have really advanced med beds. Do you have things like med beds, holographic repair, regeneration? We don't need that type just because most people in uh, Hanova can heal themselves because we are taught at a young age, the frequencies of our own existence. We do have some healing stuff. Like if you're on the battlefield and you're unconscious and you can't heal yourself, you know, cause there is no astral body. You don't get an astral body being in Hanova. You are as you are. There's physical form over there, but you know, it's, you are literally just a step below your, um, your higher self, not higher self. What was the other Oversoul? one? Oversoul. Thank you. Yeah. So folks think, think source over soul, higher self incarnate. Yeah. So you are basically in your higher self in Hanovian physics, which gives you a physical body. You were never, ever, ever, even in source itself without a form. There's always going to be frequencies and every frequency has its own dimension. (laughs) Wow. Can you shift forms easily? Over there? I never actually did. Huh. Okay. And this is, and so there's all these like moving disks, cities, all kinds of every variation that go on forever if they're that huge. They're, they're pretty expansive. I mean, it, it would take me almost two days to walk across these in Hanovian time. Wow. Time moves a lot, you know, slower over there than, than here. And do you have tons of multi-species and do you live in a family unit? unit? What's, or is that all that kind of irrelevant at this point? So in the place that I was living, only my celestial dragon species was living there. They were the only ones living. Like we had pets and stuff like that, but no other species was allowed over there. Uh, you know, that's why I also wanted to be in the military. I joined the military at the age of four over there. Um, I actually snuck out of my parents' house and decided to climb over the wall because they were doing recruitments. We get recruited at a very young age just because we have to learn a lot more rules, regulations, our abilities a lot more. So we're not hurting our surroundings because we're very powerful. You know, it's a lot of work and a lot of training and a lot of culture. Can't you just live infinitely? That's a, that's a whole thing we're going to get. Yes. In. Yeah, you can. You, you choose to die over there, but your body does get to a certain age point where it stops aging. But let's just say that as far as I know, my Hanovian body was older than this uh, this universe. Wow. By the time that I came over here, I was only um, 11 years old in Hanovian age. Wow. Yeah. Right. Uh, that is so amazing. Well, our earth life should should improve longer hopefully as we go along yeah humans are weird they have a very very short lifespan that's been played with 
it didn't start off that way completely. Yeah. But anyway, um, okay. So, so first of all, you would be considered by Earth people as immortal because you live for thousands of years if you want. Now, the thing is, oh my God, this is beginning to sound like super soldier lives. You can't, they don't let you die. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, isn't that interesting? It's like, okay, you're a really good asset. We can't afford for it. Or to die, we're going to keep regenerating and put her in different bodies and all. Is this your authentic body or what number clone is this one? I couldn't even count how many clones I've had and had to destroy. It's it's been a lot. Been blown um, up. And I and I literally just found out a couple months ago that the original body that they made me they've had in stasis this whole time, which is what they've been getting my yeah. original clones from. So that's how it works. That's what they tend to do. Yeah. uh, I didn't know that. And then they're like, did you want to, like, I I was having a conversation with one of my med team members because I do have, some of them do come here and I was having an attack and it was, you know, my vitals were really unstable and I was like, oh man, they're just, they're gonna, you know, I was like, do you you guys are honestly just going to let me die? You know? And he's like, do you honestly think this is your original body? He's like, do you honestly think that we would spend that much money and just let you run rampant down here on earth with all the unknowns? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. um, now that you mention it, yeah. <laughs> and they actually showed me, they, they picked me up, took me into outer space and showed me that night, my original form mm-hmm. and it actually locked in stasis. And I'm like, how long have you had that thing? You know, they're like, we age it every year just so that you're not an infant anymore, because for some reason, the age of that body also influences my consciousness shard down here. Exactly. I hear that over and over reports. Yeah. It's like, and also some beings in a stasis, well, it depends. We have so much regeneration stuff. We have the tubes, we have the goose stuff, we have the, you know, stasis pods, all, all that, but the stasis chambers, uh, keep the body fresh, but their consciousness can go all over the place and travel. Is that the case with you? So, so well, they, they usually create, they have higher technology than the SSP because yeah. this again, Shikrela from Hanova. So they basically create this, this crystal shard and then they end up inserting it into the body and that houses a part of my consciousness. Uh-huh. So I get all of the memories and stuff from the bodies that they take me from. So if they don't want me to actually remember a whole lot, unless I dive through my own Akashic records, they'll just take me from a clone of a clone of a clone. And then, you know, because people who hung out with me long enough, they know I get body swapped. They've seen the physical characteristic changes. Um, And I even like smell different sometimes, you know, for those of my friends who are hybrids who can smell the difference as well. and. You know, sometimes my memory, they're like, you don't remember this? And I'm like, not unless I jumped a parallel universe and I wasn't the person. Uh-huh. And I know that sounds crazy, but, uh, no, and then don't. some, and then sometimes I'll actually have like full memories, but I realize that those full memories, cause I have a journal come from when they actually give me, uh, clones directly from the body I have in stasis. And I get those like when I have to do emissary work or uh, certain interviews down here, they'll actually give them, uh, give me my, my full clone. Ah, okay. Okay. But never your original body. Nope. 
I don't get that body until yeah. I am fully off this planet. Yeah, because that's precious and that's where they're taking the shards, different things from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which I don't like, but yeah, well, can't be choosers. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into, um, before we close, it's so fascinating. Let's get into two principles here about how you're able to die in Hanova. Mm -hmm. based on contracts and then the second is some things about afterlife okay so again in Hanova you can't actually die unless you will yourself to die or you can do contracts well I guess it would be the same so on the battlefield I which is also why I ended up becoming into this universe um I ended up losing two of my best friends on the battlefield and they willed themselves to actually be reincarnated. Uh, They were lovers, (laughs) even though they weren't supposed to be, but they were the only friends that I had. They, I grew up in a very sheltered life because of my being a hybrid of a species that we were at war with. And I lost it. I absolutely lost it. And I ended up using my abilities to basically incinerate people after the battle, which is you are not allowed to hurt anyone after battle. And I let my emotions get the best of me. Um, And so I ended up killing about 10 people uh, after the battle had been done over with. We were just collecting people who had decided to die and reincarnate or who were injured. Um, And so I got tried. (laughs) And ended up getting sent to this beta universe. And then I ended up joining the Starseed Council. On a side note, though, um, yeah, normally you, you you don't die in Hanova. You can contract yourself to die. Be like, oh, I only want to live like this long, you know, or I want to die after achieving this much in my life. Because, again, living forever without any changes, unless you contract them, is, it sounds like an amazing experience, All right, Even in Jehovah's Paradise, it is nice over there. It is very refreshing. You don't have to worry about anything. Jehovah is not one of the seven immortals. Okay. He's a couple tiers down of, of like creator. Yahweh, Yahweh kind of. Okay. Oh, okay. Jehovah and Yahweh are the same person, by the way. Yeah. Just different yeah. religious contexts. Yeah. That's um, yeah. Okay. You know, so, I mean, it's wonderful. You can kind of think of Hanova as actually like paradise, heaven, your perfect afterlife, whatever, if you really want to, but nothing really exciting happens for change. And it's weird because if you put someone in an environment where you give them everything, they're eventually going to want to poke out of that bubble and be like, what's on the other side? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the way that consciousness is. And, you know, that's why we have all of these different variants of multiverses and universes and some of them are bad, but without that, you don't get the understanding and respect of, you know, how good things really are, mm-hmm. you know? So um, here I have a friend who's an expert at, afterlife and i've talked to hundreds that clinically died and came back to life and that can get us into a whole nother subject about the false 
light machine that created reincarnation, all kinds of different possibilities. Um, But one of the things they report is they ended up in a place that is exactly like you're describing. Mm -hmm. So do souls that leave here, is there a stop-off point over Nanova that has this peaceful, you know, it's got temples, it's white marble, it's gardens, it's all this stuff where they get to acclimate before their next step. Is there any crossover like that? So I want to define a few things. Yes. Again, okay, so the creators who are like Yahweh, who are my my creator, she's a female, um, you know, yeah. and there's several other ones in that tier with them and like Tiamat and everything. Uh, in order to be a creator, you have to understand how to help with the afterlife. So just about every afterlife that you can think of for religions and everything, most of those actually exist. Most of them, not all of them. To fit the transition so people don't freak the transition area and allowing free will kind of thing. Well, well, here's the thing. A soul that is, okay, a consciousness that was created in this universe will not be able to go to Hanova. It would, it would uncreate them. The frequencies would just be too not matched, you know? So we have to have afterlives in, in deities. You can call the creators deities. If you want, it's, it's terminology. They have to understand how the laws of karma, how that source set down themselves work. If they want to be an afterlife, uh, a protector, I guess you could say, they basically take the souls, they give them a place, they nurture them. And then again, you have to sign the book of life to actually come down here or to be reincarnated. No, anywhere, anywhere in in the universes. Is it that the same as the Akashic book of life or your Akashic? Yes. Yes. Well, little different. the, The Akashic book of the Akashic records are just, records of everything that has happened because every universe and every like uh, multiverse core has basically a data system that gets everything that has ever happened in any timeline, any parallel universe gets stored there. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, people, certain people get the coding for that and they can go in and read it. Right. Um, That is not the book of life. That is, that is the record keepers. Okay. The book of life is literally, you will sign it when you get reincarnated, a true reincarnation, not a soul jar or being stuck in someone's, you know, collection. Uh, You will actually sign a book of life that has your energy signature in, in it. And that book of life is literally tied to source itself, which means that you sign this contract to have these experiences and then you will be reincarnated into this body of your choosing, even though the choosing might be slim, um, to, <laughs> to have these experiences. So, and that cannot be forged. You, your soul, your astral body has to sign it in, in order for it to be valid. That makes sense because that you're you're putting your soul signature into it. Like, exactly. And that just means that you already went through the laws of karma and that your karma is now reset. 
Okay. Now, is there a point that you can get into your, I know this is pretty radical, but is there a point where karma is somewhat nullified in the traditional sense, not in that once you know that you are a creator or co-creator, you take a hundred percent responsibility for everything you co-create. So, but more in the sense that if you forgive everything and yourself and everything you've done, is there ever an energetic nullifier then, depending on if you are in a place of, I still take absolute responsibility? That would depend. And again, upon your ascension level, if you know, if you have that knowledge and knowledge is a huge part of ascension, it's not just meditating every day, you know, that all of your words, all of your actions affect your environment, that all of your thoughts, if you believe it hard enough is going to create that law of attraction and that creation, you know, and you're, you get pissed off and you're like, I want that person's pirate tire to pop and it pops and they get into a car accident. You know, that's all general karma. <laughs> it's all going to be put into general karma because you source is fair. And if you're uneducated, then you still get evaluated uh, accordingly. However, the more knowledge you have, the more responsibility that you do have. And if you ignore it, you're going to still get judged in that category, whether you, you want to or not. It's, it's just the way things work. And, you know, so yes, the answer, the answer is yes. Yes. So it's, it's like, uh, you're, you, in a lifetime, you can be quote ignorant until you're not. And then when you actually have true information, like what you're sharing today, which is incredibly helpful because all the disinformation has happened through so much. Um, and then you integrate that. Then from that moment, you now are no longer ignorant on that level. And mm -hmm. so we'll be held responsible. Yeah. Whereas you're always held responsible in a way, but it's like, you don't hold a three-year-old kid responsible for certain things if, you know, they get burnt or something, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and all of these laws are conjoined in the, the creator book of knowledge. And again, when they decide to be a creator on that level, because not all creators, you know, like obviously we have creators here who made the fifth era man, they don't get the same creator book. They don't get the same teachings or anything like that. It's a completely different council, a completely different responsibilities. They take those tests. They they earn that right to, to have all of this knowledge and to be able to try and utilize it and use it, you know, like uh, Hades, Lady Hell, uh, Yahweh, you know, uh, I'm not all that schooled and everything, but like all of those guys are... Uh, afterlife deities and even though you know Yahweh does a lot too but you know they're all afterlife deities and so they they what's that this is why religion came also of hey this deity will will help you in your afterlife if you agree to let them <laughs> they, they don't just get it because, you know, you're born into a family. You have to actually verbally say and soulfully willing to sit, to have them take care of you. Otherwise you can go to somewhere else and not, uh, 
if you're interested, we'll do a whole thing about the realms of hell <laughs> uh, later because that is hugely misunderstood. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested. Um, so my personal bias is that I almost am over extreme about is never give away your personal power to anyone or anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm off base with that. And I think that so there, to me, there's a fine line if people here are praying to deities or, or because they're feeding the energy or gurus or, you know, Krishnas or whatever of any, you know, it gives them comfort or saints. But I'm concerned if that is like how much of that's legit and how much of that is comfort which is all fine but how much is they're usurping their own ability to do that so again laws have to be followed if you're going to be an afterlife deity and this is where a lot of people have a lot of misinformation a you really need to do your research on who you want to give your your soul to for an, to not keep but to allow you to rest, allow the karma to be, you know, governed upon you so that you can start off with a new slate. Um, You need to know that it's really them. There's a lot of religions out right now that just, they're like, you know, deity this and that, but the communication skills aren't there. You don't know what that, that entity's energy signature feels like you know, they're, they're not giving it to you. So, you know, or, or how to communicate with them properly. And people masquerading as those deities mm-hmm. through holographic yes. projections. Oh. That's another huge issue. That's not why- even holographic. There are entities out there where you're like, God. And then the person's like, yes, <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm like, no, thanks. <laughs> right. Now you don't, you don't, have to if if anything if you are absolutely a hundred percent scared of of deities and you're an atheist but you believe in source it is no problem to just be like i want my soul to go to source when i die you that's so interesting because that was my last uh question for you uh today was to say um if there is a question because we there's a reason to have a lot of discernment on this level mm-hmm. to, to that it's a good idea that when you put yourself to sleep that you say i want you know i am programming myself now to go direct to some source source creator and direct to right. and and you, you kind of want to get into a lot of the details on on source because yes. source could mean your mother i mean you did come from her body well, so that yeah. That would be your, your source creator. You you want to be like, I want, when I die, I want my consciousness, my ethereal being and memories, everything to be returned to the prime source of all creation of the multiverse. <laughs> or you can even have the immortal seven. There's only one council of immortal seven that prime I know of. Prime source of, repeat that. I'm writing it down. Prime source of. That, that you want your your you could say your Your consciousness your consciousness your astral and remember your astral body is the one that gets reincarnated the most so if you don't want any more uh, lives if you were just done you know you can return back to your higher consciousness you'll still exist but 
you know, if you're super done, you're just be like, source, I'm done, but I'm not done. So, but you know, um, so what you want to say is you want your, your consciousness and your ethereal to be returned to, uh, prime source consciousness and the creator of all the multiverses. Oh, that's very specific. Yes. Uh, you could put Hanova in there if you want. Um, you know, if you. But now that doesn't mean now if you do that, that's what you're doing. But mm-hmm. then does that mean uh, that still means you can have incarnations if you choose or do whatever you want? Or does that mean you go back to the whole full field and. That should take you to the immortal seven and they will basically make sure that you're safe. And then you can plead to them that you want to uh, be evaluated for karma and then be reincarnated. So if you don't want to be reincarnated, if you were just done with your existence, then you can tell them that you, that you would like to be returned to source consciousness with your source. So I've met a lot of people who are like, I'm done. I don't, I've lived millions and millions and millions of, you know, lifetimes. They just don't want to deal with it anymore. And they want to be back with the hive mind. I say hive mind. That's not the correct terminology. I'm just uneducated for the terminology, (laughs) you know, but they, they want to be back whole again with source consciousness. And if you were, I I like my freedom. Yeah. And if you were (laughs) going to describe that in words, which is close to impossible, what would that be like? Access to everything? You would no longer have an identity of consciousness. You would, it would be like you melding with everything in existence throughout the multiverses because you would be back to prime source consciousness. Right. But then from that, what if you desired? to go one step out into individualization again. You would no longer have the ability to because you would not have thoughts of your own anymore. Oh, fascinating. So when you make that decision, you got to really mean it. Yeah, you got to really mean it. <laughs> it's it's unreversible at that point. <laughs> Which, like I said, I like my freedom, so I don't want to go back yeah. yet. I'm not ready. <laughs> I think I want to stay one degree off that. Yeah. I'll go back to my oversoul. I'm good. <laughs> have some adventures, but have access also, you know, that kind of thing. Fascinating. Okay. So, um, oh my gosh, there's just so much. Uh, I do want you to talk about, uh, you mentioned the words dysphoria and evaluation and the consciousness and ascension. So because you have information about this and you also have had the experience of, um, which we'll get into of on this timeline, a little bit glance at the future. But first, I would like you to explain to people in your understanding where we are now on earth. And you have explained earlier, if I have this right that the goal was ascension and the more, the merrier, you know, diaspora. And that if this fifth attempt, I understand we have had three universal resets so far. Have you heard of that? Oh, it's, it's more than universal. (laughs) Oh my God. 
Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, before we get to that, you have to explain that to me. How does a universe reset? Okay, so again, it's complex. It's a beta universe. It is it is not tied fully to source itself. And so when they reset the universe, um, there's coding. It's everyone's like, oh, we're living in a matrix. Yeah, you actually kind of are, even your consciousness. You guys are like sprites in a video game. Um, you know, and some of them are living outside of the video game and their consciousness gets downloaded back in, which is why a lot of people have various different things. I'll explain that in a minute. Anyway, if it's not going according to plan and it looks like the universe is going to collapse because it gets to the red zone where that would have to, you know, most beta universes get three tries and then they're done. We're on our third try right now. Are we a baby universe? Yes. You, it's, the baby universe is also called a beta universe. A beta is a baby universe and it's an experimental universe. It's an experimental universe. All three of those things. Okay. Yeah. So when it gets to the red line where the universe becomes so unstable and so out of the laws of one uh, that is recommended for the universe to join the rest of the multiverse, uh, they will basically cut it off and reset it. So when they reset it, it starts off as a blank, uh, a blank slate. They put all of the basic programming in and then they let it run on its own. So they'll take everything that they ever liked out of the two resets and code it back into this universe. And then they'll just let it run it on its own completely. To a point. Till it's ready for life or? or... And t- until it's pre- proven itself that it can exist in the multiverse without being a virus. So are, without we, being detrimental. are we considered a virus at this point? Ah, well, okay. This universe, this universe hasn't redlined as terrible as it's been. It's been out of a little bit of a whack. Um, and the immortal seven did come in and straighten stuff out. So we went from almost crashing to steadily inclining, which is why, in 2016, I ended up posting a thing on or a post on Truth Control website. It's called Has the Fighting Stopped? I hadn't revealed everything on that. I was actually at those meetings between the Dark Draco Council and the Andromedan Syrian Councils with the Immortal Seven to sign the treaty, the peace treaties. And that's when everything started breaking loose and it took quite a few years for, you know, everything to come over to this quadrant and start settling down. Um, yeah. So it's. So in our universe, did we have more than 10, like say 10% negativity? Like if we were going to put it into negativity and more positive or law of one variations. Uh, before the treaty was signed, we were at like 75% negativity. Whoa. Just because people were starting to use time travel that they weren't authorized to use. They were manipulating timelines. They were breaking timelines. Those are all against the laws of one for any beta universe. Just about any beta. Doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You know, like soul trapping isn't really against the law, sadly. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I don't get that. So this is a, this is a, um, I mean, I was shocked when I first learned all the details of soul trapping. It was just this, like, what? 
this is a free will universe, which means it does not have to abide by the laws of one that Hanova has. And Hanova is a non-free will universe. You don't have the free will to just walk up and stab somebody. It's not happening. You know, you will be, you will literally go back to source creations, consciousness through their trial. You don't get a second chance, you know? (laughs) So again, you know, there, there are circumstances like I am only existing because my, I did not have the intention of killing people in Hanova. It was a reaction to my emotions of my two best friends dying. And I just exploded literally, you know, so it wasn't intentional. And that's the only reason why I got demoted into a lower universe because they're like, well, this is your punishment. Right. So. Because you ultimately have to learn balance and you can feel those emotions, but you can't act it out. Yeah. That's I was the roles in Hanova. Right. Yeah, I was uh, uh, between 11 to 12 years old when that happened. Aww. So, yeah, <laughs> it was fair. <laughs> You're still learning. Yeah. Yeah. But I already knew the rules and, you know, oh so God. I was very grateful that they didn't decide to just nullify me, basically. Tough love. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. so in this universe, because it is a free will universe, and so many people do not understand this, the laws of one do not work here because they are not enforced by the Immortal Seven Source or Hanova. Now, there are rules that have to be applied and abided by by the Creator Council that created this universe and by the seed planets you know, for the Star Seed Council to come in and the Arbor Council to come in. But again, the councils who made this universe, you know, they kind of decided what will work, what won't work, you know, and then as for the bad stuff, it's kind of play by ear usually. And unfortunately, a lot of the creator council of this universe was fighting with each other. So that did not help. You know, everything's got gotten better the immortal seven came in and kind of did their parental thing and that happened what year 2016 that's a very important turning point was part of it is the immortal seven and that gang were not really seeing how bad it had gotten just because you're hooked up to source consciousness does not mean that they have a steady eye on everything yeah yeah they're up there having their tea going, oh, my God, they've almost all killed themselves. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not exactly easy keeping the universe in balance and in check. So. Wow. Well, and that's favors, people, we say. have your job and our different jobs is to relay back to them. Look at because you mm-hmm. probably went back up there and said, look, at this is not happening. Yeah. Yeah. And living down here, I have a few things to say about it. <laughs> I bet. Especially around the motions and hormones and all of that stuff, right? Well, I may have that. W- that was to the Creator Council of of this planet, mm-hmm. especially for the uh, fifth era of man. There's there's a lot of things that are messed up about the female and male body. Even though it's an amazing scientific feat, it's unorthodox <laughs> in a bad way for some of it. So. Like yeah. guys having their, their man period for three months and girls like, you know, yeah. it, you know, for 60 years, <laughs> <laughs> right. 
it's just terrible um and women really get like we get like terrible like you know you go through adolescence and then you know you you go through puberty and puberty is like really bad for a girl and then it gets worse and then when you hit menopause it gets even worse and then you die and it's just like (laughs) there's no break uh so you had to fill them in a little bit about the human experience a little more than they wanted to i osmosis the the whole thing in them and they're just like i was like you might want to fix something on the next batch i'm just saying when you mind melded and gave them all those emotions and everything you had to deal with what being in a human body in the third or whatever fourth density whatever i don't like it you can ask any any of them any et politician any et council member been like oh hey you guys say it's so great down here come come stay with us they're like no thank you no i'm good i'm like that's what i thought you know alex Kohler had a funny thing he said oh no when people go by in their spaceships they do the equivalent of locking the doors isn't that great bad neighborhood let's get pretty much it was crazy because like you'll actually see a lot of ets during christmas time especially in america (laughs) especially in walmart i i have worked at walmart before and man you would not believe how many uh ets would like come into our walmart i'm at four in one day and i'm just like why are you guys here? Again, they're also wearing the same suits that I am as well, but you can tell because of the eyes and the smell. Mm. Maybe because it's cheap. Things are inexpensive and they only have a few amount of galactic credits and they're looking for chocolate. Well, as long as they're not trying to get gas here, I think they'll be okay. Sorry, folks, a little galactic humor there. Okay, so this just this is fascinating. Okay, so whew. all right. So for right now, um, before we close, we want to talk about like, for instance, Alex Collier said that the two looking glass ET texts that he knew about that we had would see probabilities into the future, plus the Tesla equipment. All that's been locked down in Cheyenne Mountain and NORAD. Um, and, but what they couldn't see, which I found interesting now, of course, there's more advanced ways of doing this, but they couldn't see past October, 2030, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Now you managed to go to the timeline, this timeline to 2037. So I'm wondering if there's anything you can share with us about this and what to prepare people for positively about the uh, evaluation, where we are now, the percentage of consciousness, which is low, but still can increase and approximate how many time earth years, blah, blah, blah. Well, the thing about parallel universe jumping, because it'd be parallel universe jumping at this point, not timeline jumping. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, No, it's it's okay. I'm just letting you know, because At the point where I was 2037, we were way more advanced in technology at this point in time. So I actually ended up probably time jumping and then parallel universe hopping since then. Um, Okay. Okay. 
So the timeline events are only relevant to that stream of time. So I have no idea anymore. I I literally did a time jump where President Trump got into office in May. Yes. And literally we were about to go into World War III and China's like, if you don't put him in right now, by tomorrow, we're going to war. And then he ended up getting back into office. Yes. And then literally after that, like a couple of weeks later, Atlantis showed up. So that timeline hasn't happened in this time stream. So I'm just like, I want to go back to that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there could be a, a kind of warp thing. I think, I think we're still, yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk politics, but you and I can talk about things about that one. <laughs> right. But what I'm saying is that, you know, it is up to all of us if we want a better future. Yes, you guys did not make dysphoria and your time is running out. I'm not going to lie about that. 2025 is basically, you know, set in um, evaluation for this planet. And then you have a thousand years after that to get your guys' crap together and to be a species. And it doesn't matter what species you came from. It doesn't matter what species you are. You need to come together as a planet because... All the other planets out there, I I don't understand the ET community where they're like, oh, the Octarians this and the Pleiadians that. You realize that there's a lot of Octarians and Pleiadians on the bad force, right? Like, there is no just good species. There is no just bad species. I know draconians who have lost their lives fighting for this planet. Mm-hmm. So we have to set all of that aside. And I'm not talking about the ones who are just woke. I mean, everybody, you know, we need to come together as a planet. You need to get the health of this planet up. You, There's always going to be currency, no matter what, whether it be the barter system, the, you know, universal currency system. And I've heard rumors of, you know, some of the uh, higher. Isara Nassara stuff. Yeah, like they're they're trying to like remove currency and get us to the digital system. I know everyone's terrified of that. And you really have to trust your government in order for that to work. They have to have the right intentions, but it does work, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone needs to start. No one's going to pick up the pieces of this planet, but us. And I'm stuck here. too. I'm right with you. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I might not want to be, but I'm here, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so. We have to start going green. We have to start. And it's weird because once you start cleaning your planet and the planet starts raising in frequency vibrations, it makes it a lot easier to keep ascension levels high. I've been at seventh tier on this planet. It was just seventh tier a couple of years ago. And I had to lower my vibration because it physically hurt all the time. I couldn't go outside. I couldn't do anything. Your cell phones, your internet frequencies, they can all be done to a healthy frequency that heals us in the planet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's done from greed and different characters that hopefully will be taken care of. It's a tricky one if it's still allowed free will. Right. And if you don't like a situation, change it. It's it's not going to be easy. Yeah. But the more people that there are, the, you know, certain head people are going to be like, Oh, do I really want to deal with that many people? Maybe I should do what they say. Right. Well, again, they're used to just following um, main news and other things going on. And the whole purpose of these shows and your education is so that the uh, 
break ignorance and start realizing their creator where they, a lot of people get stuck, I think, is not knowing how to take that knowledge and step forward. Right. Anyway. Well, I'll tell you how to step forward. Yes. Stop buying produce that has pesticide on it because it will literally change the frequency of your body. Being poisoned changes the frequency of your body. If you want organic foods, start making a business. If you want healthier alternatives to electric and sources, go learn the science and start building it. You know, everybody has to take charge on what's going to happen here. And it's not going to be easy and you don't have to do it alone. You know, there's hundreds of people out there who are helping to willing to do this. And I'm one of them, you know, so if you, if you don't like how your schools are treating your kids and educating them, then start educating them outside of the school system or demand that a different school system be put into place. I agree with you. And when people during COVID were on, um, unemployment, many were on employment, that was the time meant to do their own personal homework, ancestral mm-hmm. healing, and step forward. The difficulty on a planet that is still working with a certain level of enslavement is people, most people I talk to have to have their own basic needs met first, before they have any extra bandwidth, right? And they have to get their energy up by how they mm-hmm. live and how they think before they have any energy extra bandwidth to form in community to create new things, which is our job to bring forward. Um, so that's the tricky thing about the whole money thing and the, this thing and the, that thing, but there's, there is ways we can do it. And that is why I and you are providing people like we have this, we have this technology. It's been in secret programs. It's a hundred to 400 years ahead but, you know, the we can step forward and we can also awaken more of ourselves up so that we understand that we have a unique technology available inside us, too. That's right. How, do you feel that way? Yes. And, you know, as, as for the money, oh, I need money to, to get this started. If people will donate stuff to people all the time. You know, and my friend and I have this like tiff taff about this, but the system has messed us over enough. Start utilizing it to mess them over. (laughs) This is burning fire with fire. And they're like, that's not very nice. We're not in a law of one universe. And if you want to actually get your head above the water, then you need to start beating them at their own game in a right direction, in a healthy direction. Take that power that they've used upon you and turn it into light and just tell them that their, their stuff doesn't hurt you anymore because now you have the ability and you're not going to treat them the same way. You don't have to treat them the same way just because you you know, they're, they're treating you that way, you know, but you can take the power from them. Exactly. You take it from that bully. You take that stick and you hit him with it just once and been like, no more. <laughs> you reclaim with it. You, you move yourself out of the game. Like exactly. Exactly. You didn't meet dysphoria, but now we are judging people on a person to person level for your ascension. So you don't have to worry about, you know, carrying anyone else. If you do though, and in a thousand years, this planet meets, meets dysphoria, congratulations, the planet will no longer be a seed planet. You know, um, they're talking about that anyway, but you know, Which means what? then it moves from a seed planet to what? 
It, uh, well, it will move to a seed planet. The planet will be at a higher vibration of its soul. Uh, and then they were talking about the seed, the councils were talking about not making this a seed planet anymore just because it's had so much trauma. And they were going to take the soul out and just leave this as a hollow shell. But if it reaches dysphoria and it manages to heal itself, they'll keep the soul in the planet and that it just won't be a seed planet anymore regardless, but it will have more uh, prana to it, more energy to it. And, you know, they'll, they'll start colonizing it correctly. So if you really want to help Gaia start raising those vibrations, because vibrations is like a magnet, the more higher vibrations there is, the more it starts to congeal together and it makes things a lot easier. And honestly, if you guys want to want to help with that, move out of the city, do whatever, start making your own communities, start making them, you know, with, with the laws of one, if you want and find that loophole to still be on the system, but utilize that system to your own advantage and live the life that you guys want to live. Exactly. Exactly. Well said. And thank you for telling us about this. So we basically have a thousand more years Mm -hmm. before this whole thing gets wiped out. Yes, before before the wipe, about a thousand more years before the wipe. Okay, and there was so, already there was already one evaluation. That the value the valuation is pretty much all the well, the evaluation has been locked in for this first evaluation, and then there's the next four years for all the paperwork to be to be done filed basically, um, and if anything changes, then we evaluate again, you know, uh, bad or good. And then in a thousand years, there will be another evaluation. And then after that, the evaluation will be locked in. And then regardless if who ascends or doesn't, we'll do the wipe on the planet unless they meet dysphoria. But we'll be taking everyone off the planet who survives the thousand years. Source only knows what's going to happen within those thousand years. Um, you take off the planet means... They die and their souls are no. go or no. ETs will come down and take you off the planet and then you will be put on a hub planet. But most people in this lifetime will not see that because of your guys' lifespan. Mm-hmm. Unless you get reincarnated. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wouldn't want to miss all the fun. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, to get a hold of me. You can uh, get a hold of me at galaxyofunity at gmail.com. We also have our own website at galaxyofunity.squarespace.com where you can find more interviews of me. And this one will be on there once it's released. And we also do a whole bunch of other interviews and a whole bunch of other things that are really cool. So come check us out. And we have a YouTube channel of Galaxy of Unity as well. Uh. This has been so wonderful. I love your fiery dragon side. (laughs) And I'm so grateful for your fortitude, your transparency, and doing your part to educate others about the overview and rules of this experimental game because we weren't told. Yeah. And uh, that way we can better prepare. And it seems like the most important thing out, out of this is all ages, I don't care who, who you are, need to rededicate ourselves to developing our consciousness and raising our frequencies. 
as quickly as possible. And there's been focus like that. I did a show on, on simple ways to raise your frequencies. So um, would you say that that's pretty much where the focus needs to be? And then of course, that will reflect with outside and building gardens and growing your own food and that kind of thing. Do you think? Right. And you, you don't have to be completely connected to your astral body. You don't have to have all your past life memories. It's just a bonus guys. What you need to be is centered and focused on yourself so that you can be enlightened, you can be educated, and then you can spread it out for everybody else, you know, to, to help everything and raise your frequencies. So it doesn't matter if you're Draco, it doesn't matter if you're, um, a gray ET, a blue ET. It doesn't matter if you're Palladian or Syrian or Lyrian or Katai. It doesn't matter because all this propaganda about, oh, you know, the species up there did this and the species up there did that. It doesn't matter because those are just people. That does not mean that that one person represents their entire species kingdom or whoever they serve. Uh So we all need to come together. We all need to do this. I've been working on a humanitarian project to start making our own community and living by the rules. So that living by the rules <laughs> and the, the technology. For the benevolence of all. Yeah. Living by the rules of, 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 you know, the good and all the technology that can help. So thank you so much, Apollomy. And I plan on having you again for part three, because you just have invaluable wisdom that I haven't been able to find anywhere else. And I'm sure our listeners and our range of audience will want to be listening to these several times. But thank you for spurring us on. And we will forge ahead because the more mature we become, the more we are guided by wisdom with every step we take. So onwards and upwards. Bye-bye.